Hello and welcome to Future People Podcast. I'm your host, Imani Walker, and I'm so excited to share this new show with you. Future People Podcast will feature conversations with community leaders and creatives really making a difference in their industries. I'm speaking with people who think outside the box and are imagining a bright future for themselves and the people around them. A bit about me, I'm a journalist, I work with CBC News and CBC Radio, and through this work, I've been able to share stories from racialized communities in Toronto and the GTA. I've worked on politics, news from the front lines through the pandemic, and now I'm focusing on my own storytelling. I can't wait to share these holistic conversations with you for season one. We have some amazing guests lined up, so stay tuned for the next episode of Future People Podcast. So how many of you have tattoos or want tattoos? Today's guest on the podcast is Brittany Randall. Brittany is a mother of two children and a tattoo artist in Toronto whose work focuses on presenting tattoos on black and brown skin. Her concepts range from portraits of people to florals and animals, and she's a self-taught machine tattoo as well as visual artist. So she joins the podcast today to discuss how she got into the practice of tattooing, what it's like being a black woman in the industry, and really why tattooing is a healing art. So welcome to the podcast, Brittany Randall. She (laughs) is also known as Humble Bee Tattoo, and she's made quite a big name for herself in Toronto amongst the tat community. I will go into this being fully transparent. I have no tattoos at all. However... I do want one. I just need to settle on something that I want for life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It takes some time, especially if you don't have any and you're an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now I'm like the things that I wanted five years ago. Now I'm like, thank God I didn't get that. (laughs) How many tattoos do you have though? Like what was your first tattoo? My, my very first tattoo, I was 15 going on 16 and my mother brought me well she didn't bring me I picked the shop and the artist and she was uh very against it but wanted to make sure it was I was safe in doing so and is very much an advocate for me learning my own life lessons so Mm -hmm. she let me get the tattoo and sign the consent form it was like a butterfly on my back really small uh not the lower part of the back not like a what we would call a tramp stamp back then which <laughs> I hate that term but mm-hmm. uh, yeah I got a butterfly it was my first one that's cute yeah that's simple <laughs> simple cute so you got your first one when you were 15 I know at what point did you actually start or like realize you want to be the person who's doing the tats um ooh, I wouldn't say until around the age of 22 23 the idea was sitting in my head for a while I was about to graduate from university and the degree or diploma I was getting really wouldn't help me get into any type of field immediately it was just mostly academic or uh, literature is what I studied um, Mm. in our history so you essentially keep going into school for those type of programs Um, and I didn't really want to get graduate or PhD or anything I was really into doing my art and Mm -hmm. so 
I was like, what can I do with illustrations and art that isn't graphic designing that isn't necessarily going into like education again because I was really sick of U of T and just the whole system mm-hmm. uh, so yeah like tat- I was like I get tattoos I like tattoos like that was an idea <laughs> mm-hmm. and I had a roommate my best friend at the time who also kept like being like yeah you should like tattoo and uh was very scared I think for the first year to initiate the process of learning so it was just an, an idea for a good solid year before I started. Mm. Yeah. So you're like, I, I'm into art. Let's mm-hmm. just go to the human body. Like, I know, <laughs> right? Forever. Yeah, I played with so many different mediums. Uh, I've done sculpting, printmaking, uh, painting, and I would say pencil drawing is like what I primarily did prior to tattooing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was, there was a lot more to it in terms of, knowing the human body internally mm-hmm. not even just externally mm-hmm. uh and also having this kind of form of customer service that I didn't really know about uh mm-hmm. I worked in like retail for years but def- it's definitely different when you're communicating with people about marking their bodies yeah. so like so many lanes to navigate coming into this industry but mm-hmm. yeah I was definitely scared <laughs> mm. so what was the first tattoo that you gave someone? Um, it was actually myself. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, this is super, I do not recommend anyone to do this. Um, I was pregnant at the time and that's when I started to tattoo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to do it physically on somebody. So it was myself. I gave myself a bumblebee on my ankle, which I still have. Uh, and I, it's funny because my name wasn't even chosen yet. Humblebee. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I just loved B. My family calls me B. So um, yeah, I did that and I was pregnant. Don't recommend because you really shouldn't be getting tattoos when you're pregnant. But I did it myself uh, in my home with a machine I had saved up for uh, my ankle. And yeah, that was my first one. It was myself on my body. Wow. And so that's also, so humble B, what does that mean to you? Humble B chat? Because I feel like I didn't even know your name was Brittany until I had to Google. Like, I knew you as Humble yeah. Bee Tattoo. Like that was your name in my head. Yeah. My whole, <laughs> I don't, um, well, my whole family called me B. That's what my mom calls me. And uh, my best friend, Anna, and I were sitting because she was, she's really like such a great supportive person and is truly a part of my journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were sitting down trying to decide my Instagram name. Um Britney tattoos or something was taken at the time, something generic. Mm-hmm. And I thought Bumblebee tattoos, which was also taken by a shop. Mm. So uh, she was like, at like randomly, why don't you call yourself Humblebee? And uh, I was like, why Humblebee? Because mm-hmm. um, she was really honest with me and said, like, I tend to be too humble to myself when it comes to my artwork. And then mm-hmm. I don't really give myself the recognition. Back then at that time, I really didn't see the uh skills I had I always was really critical of myself right so yeah that's where humblebee comes from um it's funny because I used it as like a temporary name mm-hmm. to, I was like I'll switch it later I was trying to get um Britney tattoos uh, online but it's really hard through Instagram to get like a specific handle unless you know somebody yeah yeah so it just kind of stuck everyone just started calling me it <laughs> And here we are. Yeah. I think it's so cute. And I think oh, like thanks. from an, I mean, a client perspective, it just, 
the humble part does something. It it feels inviting. Yeah. It feels more. Okay. It's like, yeah, I got someone who I'd want to tap okay, my body. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, so you you've gained popularity and much earned success around Toronto, the GTA, because of your focus on tatting black and brown skin. That's what you focus on. It's pretty much, it's what you're known for. So did you go into the practice with this intention or did that kind of become your thing along the way? Um, I guess it starts with like the journey of me trying to get into the industry as well. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult as like I'm biracial. Yeah, I'm biracial and it was very difficult to get into the industry. I was turned away by many tattoo shops for apprenticeships or even positions uh, frowned upon because I was an at-home tattooer who was self-taught. It was really difficult to na- navigate the algorithm tattooing black skin Um, brown skin and uh, it was more natural for me to just focus on these people because it was my primary community like all Mm -hmm. my really close friends my best friends um, aside from Anna like all black and they were the people who were like tattoo me practice on me so it wasn't really intentional it it just came naturally it was already a part of who I am so Mm -hmm. um, that's how I learned was on like black and brown skin. Um, my skin's very easy to tattoo on. So I practice a lot of myself and I never found a difficulty tattooing black skin. Like people assume mm-hmm. in the industry, or you hear those stereotypes or those stigmas and just blatant racism. Uh, I use the same techniques on white skin as I do black people. Um, and I think it was all about just learning skin type rather than the complexion I find Mm. black people have very beautiful sensitive skin Mm -hmm. and rather than forcing the ink in you should try to work with it and Mm. be okay with touch-ups be okay with uh, using thinner lines because with tattoo ink it spreads as you age so there's a lot Mm. of things to factor into that Uh, but yeah I I think it was just something that was already a part of me and I went with it Mm. And so you touched a little bit on your experience in the field. Yeah. So how would you describe where you're at now? Because I know you currently work in a co-op tattoo shop, which is yeah. nice. So what, yeah. is that, what is that like for you? Uh, very surreal. I think we all live in some forms of fantasy sometimes <laughs> when we want to escape our realities. And a dream of mine was always to own a shop work with like amazing people and kind of bring black people and other people of color to the forefront in the industry. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, it's, and I think it'll be seven years this year. Wow. Congrats. That's amazing. I didn't didn't even think I would reach this goal before 30. Mm -hmm. Um, It really was a goal for me, like age 40. I do like to set those. Um, Yeah, it's, it's surreal. Uh, I'm very grateful and uh honored that I like have these opportunities to work with others and help them out into the industry so with a co-op space um we're different because we are not for profit so we actually don't take a cut of people's um payments for their tattoos or their income uh we're fully transparent in the cost of everything so a lot of businesses and shops don't allow that with their artists 
We tell them how much our rent is. Uh, they can see all the files if they want to log in. Uh, we break down the costs based on people's income coming in. So because I work the most, I actually pay the most. So that's where the cooperative kind of comes in. Mm -hmm. We have group discussions once a month to make sure we know how everyone's going financially in their personal lives and like how we can help each other out. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really about competition in our space or um, comparing each other. Uh, we're more like building each other up. And I think we need to not be scared about talking about finances when it comes to businesses. And that's the way we're helping each other out. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. A lot of shops, uh, I worked in a couple um, guest spotting and worked in one before. And I just felt like I was being used for money rather than mm -hmm. what I was bringing to communities and what I was bringing into the shop. So mm -hmm. yeah, I left and started the co-op space up with my best friend because mm -hmm. of these reasons. Yeah. So how much do you think the environment plays into when you're actually doing the tat, like being in a positive space that you actually enjoy working in? Does it, does it make a difference when you're tattooing? Yeah, absolutely. It's so mm. much better. I, I love that we have like art all over the walls so people can stare at while they're getting like work done. Um, a lot of us are very like spiritual artists as well. So, you know, we cleanse the space often. I have crystals everywhere uh incense we smudge the space uh we're very intentional with the artists that we choose to come into the space as well um i'm not really with any forms of racism online in the studio uh, we accept all people bodies so i think it's extremely important and it's just like a great place to even come and have a conversation like i have friends who they come just to say hi sometimes like they're not even getting a tattoo and they can just come in and chill this was more when the lockdown was lifted and now we're like less worried about covid as long as you know you wear your mask like you're totally welcome to come in and hang out uh yeah we also have a nail tech as well so that brings a lot of diversity in terms of her forms of art and hearing their conversations and seeing the smiles on people's faces when they get like tattoos and nails and they like love it like it's it's great yeah mm. And so you just said, you know, you're a, a lot of you are spiritual artists. Mm -hmm. So what kind of role does that play into your work specifically? Uh, I think constantly reminding myself where the origins of tattooing comes from mm -hmm. um, and how divine that can be. I say divine because I think of indigenous practices, um, spaces in different countries in Africa where all of this starts. Um, we've kind of lost that because of racism, segregation in the industry and white spaces taking over, especially online and telling us, um, you know, the ancestors of these people that we can't get tattoos anymore. So I just wanted to bring it back to that. And I think that also goes into what, like a lot of the th things I choose to tattoo and design specifically, mm -hmm. um, uh, nature, specific animals. I love doing black female portraits. So I think that all connects to spiritual, like spirituality, um, whatever you want to believe. I think there's just this great form of energy you get when you're tattooing somebody, uh, or you can have conversations about the tattoos you've received with someone else and what they represent. Uh, yeah, they can be very meaningful. And, you know, there are also tattoos that don't even have any meaning to anybody, but just the act of getting them and meeting me mm. or 
us building a relationship and talking to each other is mm-hmm. great. I love meeting new people, seeing the same faces come back all the time. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Yes, your work is, it's just, it's art and it's amazing because I don't think I've ever seen a tattoo with portraits that look so realistic as if like, like when I look at some of your work, I'm like, this looks like, you know, black women that I know, you know, this looks like people in my communities. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are so drawn to it, that it's like, you're turning black women into these like divine, the divine beings that they are. You talked a bit about the history in a way. Do you want to get into that a little bit more? I think the art of tattooing uh, or getting moko, there's different forms of tattoos around the world Mm. that um, are a part of people's tribes, their cultures. And uh, we've, as a Western civilization, I'm primarily talking about like Canada and the States because it's such a huge industry base for tattooing Mm. that we've kind of lost those connections to. Um, And I've even seen people in certain cultures where they'll tell me their parents hate tattoos or they can't you know, be buried with them because they have tattoos or, um, and when they tell me whatever race, culture, like religion they are, I look back and I'm like, well, no, your people used to get tattoos, used to tattoo each other. Mm-hmm. And there's such a disconnect as uh, I think uh, we're getting older as like humans and stuff. So I'm trying to bring that back a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I, I watched a video, I can't recall from where, and this woman was saying how getting her tattoo was a big part in her healing process, which is funny because if you yes. think about it, skin is not, it takes so, it takes a while to heal sometimes, but exactly. for her spiritual and emotional yeah. journey, the act of just getting that tat was mm-hmm. healing in itself. Um, what kind of conversations do you have with your clients? Because you're sitting there sometimes for hours, days, oh, months. I've had, I've had clients cry during, after, not even about the pain necessarily. Mm-hmm. I had a client who I was tattooing them and this wasn't too long ago. And I think she was going through a lot with her family. And we did a piece for her that connects her back to her home in the Caribbean and she just like I don't know if I hit a nerve because it wasn't mm. as painful she just started crying and really needed to release that pain and mm-hmm. like I stop and I make sure you're okay and mm-hmm. you know if you want to continue and such but yeah it happens a lot and sometimes they don't even need to tell me what's going on or why they're getting it. it's more like an empathetic feeling like an, like mm-hmm. a, you just physically feel it why someone needs to get a tattoo sometimes mm-hmm. and I've also had on occasion someone who was coming to get a matching tattoo with their sibling for um, a parent that had passed mm-hmm. and the one sibling um, they were really anxious to get the tattoo Mm-hmm. And that was my first time when someone was like, I don't think I want to get it. Whereas their mm-hmm. other siblings still got it. And I was completely okay with it. It was just like being in that moment with them and being like, you know, it's okay. Like you don't need to get the tattoo if you don't want to, if you want to talk about it. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of experience. I think it's just like human connection. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of add art to it. And there's a, there's a semi-permanency with it. I love the, the idea that like the, tattoo is immortalized with you but Mm -hmm. also passes as you pass Mm. which kind of it's beautiful yeah wow 
it's poetic yeah yeah right yeah (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel like knowing because you talked about the permanence of it how do you feel knowing that like your art is just out there in the world (laughs) when so many different people will it is a it's I always use the word surreal it's like I used to be very protective of my art so drawing on paper or canvases I rarely put my art out there it was always for me mm-hmm. um maybe with like my personal family history uh and lack of connection with my father I always drew like friends or close family or people that matter to me the most and mm-hmm. was very yes yeah, a little secretive with my art always thinking that like uh it wasn't good enough to show everybody yet like constantly practice so I've been drawing since I was like three or four so mm-hmm. uh tattooing kind of forced me to step out of that comfort zone or that insecurity and realize you know when that person leaves my art leaves with them Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I love the idea of others getting to see it and experience it now and look at other people's bodies with the tattoo and you know talk about it uh, makes more connections. It tells people to come to me, you know, it's like a walking billboard in a sense. It's, it is kind of like advertisement, but I think, uh, just it builds conversations. I think that's what I like about it a little more. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Another thing I love is, uh, people always tell me it makes them feel better after they get a tattoo and all the compliments they get, or it's like a good conversation starter for people. I get a lot of people that come in that may have like, um, an insecurity about a body type, Mm. or a skin ailment or whatever's happening uh, and they want to cover it with tattoos or embellish it or you know bring attention to it Mm -hmm. uh, or empower themselves so that's why I really love once they they leave they have that with them Mm. yeah is there a tattoo that you have that's like a conversational starter oh I have a lot (laughs) um I lost count for how many tattoos I have okay (laughs) um I'm currently working on my back which is a that's pretty but you're not doing your back someone else is doing it oh yeah of course yeah okay uh didn't design it or anything I uh, just gave my friend itty uh sita perk s-i-t-a uh p-e-r-k on uh instagram mm-hmm. highly like recommend her to everybody she's amazing uh i love her and we're working on my back and i think we're like 13 sessions in so mm-hmm. when people ask me oh, how many sessions have you done i've lost so many count like of how many i have in my body because some take a few uh yeah I've been getting them for now for 15 years uh I would say the most conversational one recently would be my ears because they I've I've tattooed them wow (laughs) I love that yeah uh uh, another tattooer Brendan Shepard he did them for me recently and uh really painful I don't think the average person could handle it. I've, how would you I, describe I, for people who can't see, how would you describe what the ear tattoos look like? Um, my right side, the interior conch is blacked out fully. And then on the left side, I have the lobe and the outside to the tip blacked out. Uh, also, I have my ears stretched. Um, so that's also tattooed. <laughs> so it's it was a lot. It was really, really dark and painful we did two sessions um 
but I, I think everyone looks at my ears and they're kind of like, what's that on your ear? Or they want to tell me, be like, oh, there's something on your ear. And I'm like, oh no, it's, it's a tattoo. A tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's just like a, it's a different form of art and style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it surprises people when they, they see it. And I like wearing my hair up. So you're going to notice it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely um, one of the first. And then I have a big chest piece from a, mm-hmm. uh, artist in uh that's from sao paulo i believe in new york now uh that's uh yeah rosa laura is their name Mm -hmm. and that one gets people to stare at me a lot and i have one going up my neck just a thin line and everyone always asks me what they mean Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have any forms of meaning i just like that they do have a tribal style mm-hmm. to them that's a little more contemporary, a little more modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, I think I chose, it's more about the placements for me than the designs. I actually both like this, I don't even know what I'm getting until I go to the appointment. Oh, yeah, I like nice. to let the artists really decide what they want to do on me and then wow. it always ends up looking great or a lot of people can't because that comes down <laughs> to releasing control and letting go yes yes and I can't imagine how thrilling that must feel once you're finished with it but the actual act of yeah. letting go because you do pop-up shops as well right where you yes. do you and because I know you have flash books where you have like yes. a set book people can mm-hmm. choose the, and you know you go and get it done but then you also do custom custom, right then don't you also do like people can show up and you just choose for them as well like you do this as well this yeah I think within like I do need direction a little bit so flashes Mm -hmm. are great for a lot of people who just want to keep collecting and have lost ideas that are personal to them and they don't know what they want custom um but with flashes, you uh, know the design right away. You kind of have an idea where you want it placed. So you really just go in, you size it, you stencil it, you get it tattooed. And with custom, uh, people request their descriptions for me. And I read them through to see, I'm like, will this be a good fit for the way I draw and the way I illustrate? Or can I recommend them to another artist if it doesn't really suit me? And then, yeah, I do get a few people who come in and they're like, I don't know what I want, but you do whatever you want. Mm. I had one not too long ago. Um, I think, yeah, they've gone to a few tattoos for me, this client. And she, she had no idea what she wanted. She originally wanted florals and I think changed her mind. So I was like, <laughs> what do you want? Where do you want it? And she's like, let's do calf muscle. And I was like, is there anything I've done recently that you've liked that you want to see? And she liked all the caravana queens that I've been doing the ones with like mm-hmm. frontline costumes mm-hmm. uh, I was like let's do one of those and then boom that was it she didn't really know what she was getting that day so it does happen I think mm. it really depends on the type of personality you have yeah the trust you have with your artist mm-hmm. uh yeah for me I'm I think I'm just liking the fearlessness that comes with not knowing what you're getting and just I do it to almost like every tattoo where I go to now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, do what you want. And they're always like, oh my God, no, what do you mean? And uh, um, yeah, I'm like, no, 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 I trust you. And it always ends up really great. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Now, tattoo removal is a thing technically. Is there any like tattoos that you, I won't say have given, but have received <laughs> that you were like, I could have gone without that. One. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I have 
a lot of regrettable tattoos mm. when you're as covered as I am or like if you're a tattooer or even just a tattoo collector and you just want your whole body covered there's gonna be a few that you wish um were executed differently that like didn't heal as great um you know you regret it five ten years from now because it doesn't really resonate with you um I think everyone who gets tattoos frequently has had those experiences and I often tell people who come in and they're really disappointed not not even with my work or any like they show me work they've gotten from someone else or whatever I always tell them that like you know it was a point in your life you made those decisions like don't regret mm. yeah just you know own, own your choices and then mm. move forward like don't look back mm -hmm. uh, I have not done any removal myself mm -hmm. more so because I I'm, I like I'm obsessed with tattoos so even online I see different styles and some um artistic expressions for tattooing is blastovers blackout work um a lot of these can be really controversial too whether or not like they they look good or they're executed well or what do they like represent I know a lot of people in like black communities don't like blackout work they mm -hmm. get more racialized where I see it as a specific art form mm -hmm. uh like what does it mean to see like you know a black hole or hollow like what do you feel from that so it's kind of like mm -hmm. getting that on your tap like your body right mm -hmm. uh so i would usually go that route like i've done blastovers so just tattoos over tattoos this one mm -hmm. is one of them my ear oh. i just tattooed over an, an older one mm -hmm. uh yeah i do a lot of those uh i think it just looks cool like at like you look etched you look like a sketchbook kind of yeah. Whereas people do try to get forms of perfectionism with tattooing, which does not exist. I don't care how good you are. You could be the ultimate best tattooer in the universe and you still are going to make errors. It's just, it's just like a part of like, you know, you learning as an artist, mistakes happen mm -hmm. uh, or the healing process doesn't go as well as you want. The type of skin you get, the canvas um, is more hypersensitive so it heals differently mm. the bandaging you use like you know could cause an infection or it mm. there's so much to factor into it so mm. I always tell people like you know just do your best be okay with your choices and just go with it yeah so what I'm hearing is when I go to get my tattoo I have to be <laughs> ready and willing to release control which for me is a of course yeah. thing. I don't know uh so that'll take me a while <laughs> not even your artist with like your body yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like people expect they, if they'll show me a reference of some other tattoo, whether it's mine or, or they found online and they expect it to heal and look that exact way when I'm trying to explain to them, you're coming to a different artist. Mm -hmm. So me, so I'm not going to have the same execution as, you know, I don't like to copy. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know your skin may heal differently from what you see in the tattoo and mm. i don't even think it is about your um pigments or your complexion necessarily i think it's the technique you have what machine you're using what needles are you using what's the size of the tattoo uh i often say bigger is better for my work um it just heals more clear because i know that my lines tend to heal a little thicker when i use those really really thin ones uh, yeah. And then just like release, like, you know, release control of what your body's going to do as well. Um, cause if you were drinking the day before, it's going to affect you. If mm. you're on a menstrual cycle, it's going to affect you. Um, what's your everyday, like livelihood. Do you drink enough water? Are you eating? Okay. Are you exercising? Are you getting rest? Are you stressed? Mm. 
mm. all will affect your tattoo healing mm. uh, and everyone's so unique with that so mm. so that's something definitely to be mindful of going into it I wonder yeah. for you like energetically what do you have to do to kind of like neutralize your energy or even mm. get it in the space that you want because in a way you're giving right you're giving your energy through your tat through First, your tattoo yeah. and so like is there anything that you need to do to prep hmm. I always need music playing so curating what's like I'm going to listen to while I'm tattooing is uh really important uh so there's just certain music I prefer not to listen to when I tattoo uh it's often, you know, R&B, soul vibes, uh, neo-soul. Uh, and then there are days where I need to feel energized. So I go based off of how I'm feeling or, you know, ask all the other people that work in the studio. Like, we try to make sure that we're all listening to something we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's also, like, really critical. Um, I think music plays a huge part in me prepping to, like, do a tattoo and also receive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to make sure that like, just having a conversation with your client first, sitting down, like, Hey, how's it going? I'm going to draw in front of you. And we're going to like have a conversation and just try to make sure that they're like a little calm. Cause mm-hmm. I always, fe- I know when someone's anxious to get the tattoo or feel the pain. Mm-hmm. So just like reassuring them, like, yeah, it's going to hurt, but it, you can tolerate it. You know, so many people can tolerate tattoo pain and I don't, think it's as excruciating as people think it is I've been through a lot worse um you've given birth twice I've given birth twice naturally (laughs) so that is way worse way worse yeah uh yeah having conversation I always have a chat first before like we dive into it um what else do I do I'm really like uh great with doing work on the ball kind of sometimes even like a little bit of pressure helps me get it done really really well I do a lot of things last minute so uh not like I think now because of the level of clients that I get uh I actually only read or go over what the tattoo will be like a 15-20 minutes before the client shows up Mm, wow and I yeah everything is all drawn that same day or it's drawn on them Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of like makes a lot of people nervous Mm -hmm. I don't like receiving um, feedback on my art through like virtual conversations Mm. Um, I think we can like lose the emotion in the way that we text or the way that we email sometimes Mm -hmm. and I don't want them to not like their tattoo and not explain it to me well uh, I'm still very sensitive about my art, so I don't want to receive any feedback the wrong way. So mm. chatting with them first, having those conversations and drawing really helps me emotionally and like energetically get into the act of like doing the tattoo mm. better for me. Yeah. Nice. So you send out monthly newsletters and you've built like quite a, you've built a community around your work. Mm-hmm. Um, like currently, if I wanted to get a tattoo with you, I definitely have to book months in advance, right? Yes. How yeah. does it feel to have so many people seeking out your work and specifically, you know, the communities that you focus with, Black and Brown people? 
Uh, I'm very honored and grateful. Um, I would not be where I am without the people that want to get tattoos from me, truly. Um, they're the ones that allow me to do the art and help me like have an income so I can, you know, focus on this career solely. So it really is just like everyone that supports me. I honor it, love it. It humbles me to the core. I uh, was really surprised how further out my bookings were starting to get. Uh, I think people might assume, like, I, I don't know, some people assume like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm never going to get a tattoo. And then I have some people assume that they see me out or doing stuff personal, they think I'm not even working sometimes. So there's like, you know, I think there's like a spectrum of what people are assuming about my life. Mm-hmm. But I do about 10 to, 10 to 12 tattoos a week, which is mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, uh, it's a lot physically for me. I used to do a lot more. Uh, I'm also a single sole parent. I get no support. So I'm just, it's me and my kids. So I try to prioritize them. Mm-hmm. I actually had to recently post something about that and uh, being like, I need to actually slow down a little bit because I was getting too um, busy with tattooing and neglecting other personal things in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the newsletter really helps with getting all this inf- information out to the community right away. And uh, booking months in advance really just helps me as like a single mom and, you know, prepare and plan for your appointments and also helps people save up the money financially because of inflation, because of the number of years I've been tattooing, uh, you know, I'm not cheap. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think it does help to book a few months in advance. I do it with my tattoos as well. So I can save up the hundreds of dollars and be prepared. Right. Yeah. I'm not one to like the pop-ups I try to do for the people who love last minute tattoos and the spontaneity of it. Uh, but yeah, booking in advance, I, like, I'm grateful I have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. I think it's just amazing oh. that oh, people are like, I am willing to wait for Brittany's work because she's that good. You know, like definitely like when the time comes, I, oh will be gosh, booking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I will be booking ahead girl yeah um, what kind of like community are you hoping to build though because you know go as a black person wanting to get a tattoo especially here in Toronto like realistically there mm-hmm. aren't many uh you know people of color who are tattooists who yeah feel comfortable to go to um and so even just like seeing your work seeing how like diverse you know your work is but then the people you work on but then also just like the idea that like it's okay to do whatever you want with your body right like what kind of community are you hoping to build in the long run I definitely like utilizing my platform to support other businesses outside myself now I think that's been a primary goal for a while especially since I opened the shop with Anna um I sat down with her and said, you know, our main focus, especially with my platform and my reach is to help other tattooers. Um, I want them to not struggle the way I did Mm. and having to teach myself uh, and having to go through a lot of trauma in the tattoo industry because it can be pretty brutal um, Mm. trying to like build a career up on your own. And so that's definitely something in our platform, like we want to utilize the space that we have and the reach that we have online to showcase all these other artists and, you know, help them move on up with their life and their art. I also 
uh, like to do a lot of fundraising. I do a lot of donation. I do a lot of tattoo giveaways uh, for a lot of um, programs that do focus mostly on indigenous and black women um, through like domestic violence, rape, sex trafficking, uh, homelessness, name it. That's what I focus on. And I'm trying, I'm trying to, I don't know how to word this. Um, but I think you mentioned it, just having the platform to show people like they have permission to get tattoos no matter what you look like. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes black people are always told no. I am so light mm -hmm. and I've even been told I can't get tattoos because of my color. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. I have and you're like for I'm like light. <laughs> you're light. You're light skin. I'm like, oh my gosh, like light skin is so easy to tattoo. Mm -hmm. I can get color. I can get every single color. I know that now going into tattooing and tattooing other complexions, like I, mm -hmm. yeah, I was told um, just colored ink uh, won't heal well on me. It won't look mm -hmm. good on me. Rather than hearing, I don't know how to do it. So you right. should be with another artist. Mm -hmm. So the blame was always put on me. And, mm -hmm. I, and it always made me think of, well, what do dark skinned people go through? Mm -hmm. Me as someone who's biracial and light, like I couldn't even imagine what you guys are told when you get tattoos. Um, I hear mm -hmm. it all the time. I had a, a couple that came in. Um, one of them was getting a tattoo from me and the person who was just there for support was like, oh, he was like, oh, you know, I can't get tattoos. I've been told I can't do it. I'm too dark. And I mm -hmm. literally was like, yeah, you can. And he was like kind of taken aback, like he's never heard it before. Mm. He's like, I've tattooed people darker than you before. And just mm. him hearing it kind of made him feel better that he, there's possibility for him to get some art that he wants curated on his body for whatever meeting. Um, even just having the choice, even if he didn't want any, just the mm -hmm. option of doing it. Yeah, that's what I, I think I want to build up my community and have that message sent, sent out, especially to a lot of very hypercritical racist tattooers in the industry yes yeah because yeah. we know nationalists love tattoos oh yes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes they do yeah wow yeah, yeah. So, so in a way like straight up the, the the reason why I'm like I would love to speak with her is because I don't feel like people pay as much attention in a way to tell like when they see the tattoo done it's like oh my god it's great but yeah. the work that you're doing and how you're building a platform it's really like changing the game of like <laughs> what yeah. tattooists in the city have to be able to do and who they you know who they can do it on and so I think you're a leader yeah. I think you're pushing you know pushing the agenda forward in the right way and um, I'm really happy to see how successful you've been. Thank you. Um, what can we expect to see next Ooh. from Humble Bee Tattoo? Oh, um, I'm going to start touring more. So I'm going to start traveling more. That's okay. the next step. Yeah, I've been, it feels like I'm being yelled at online. <laughs> really? Yeah. Everyone's like, come to my city. Like, uh. I'm, like <laughs> the pressure of like wanting to travel and a. Uh, mm. I want to do it. I, but I have two kids. Right. So I think I don't like to post them as often. I, I think people know I'm a mom, but I have to like, you know, prioritize them before I can do any of this touring stuff. If I didn't have kids and I was on my own, absolutely. I'd be all over the place. Uh, but yeah, tattoo touring is, it's getting 
pretty crazy, pretty big tattoo conventions, guest spotting in other shops and stuff. So that's the next step for me. Uh, 2023, I'll be doing a lot more of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in the process of uh, trying to figure out where to go for the States mostly. I feel like they're, they're the ones screaming at me the most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get a lot of them traveling up here for tattoos. Which wow. Is wild to me. I was like, Oh my goodness. Um, and also a good opportunity. I want to meet a lot of other black tattooers that are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, there's quite a few, like, I know you said like, you know, there's not a lot of people who we want to go to for the tattoos or black artists that it's hard for people to find us yes it's crazy to me because once I was in the industry and I started following there's so many black tattooers like an mm. insane amount um queer tattooers as well um people who are working with uh ink like that's for color specifically mm. I think of like Wes Holland J Baby Tattoo these are like I'm like a huge fan of these artists um Flesh and Fluid is also like a contemporary uh, artist and tattooer in New York I want to meet um but yeah there's so many of us so I think even just getting to meet them show that online having conversations with them too would be great uh yeah I think traveling for sure uh, I might even like pull back on tattooing a little bit, which not everyone loves to hear and mm -hmm. kind of get back into other mediums like painting mm -hmm. and drawing again and mm -hmm. maybe selling them or just even doing it for myself. So I've been kind of at a loss with, with that. I've just been tattooing strictly for since like the pandemic, really. Yeah. Yeah, because you have a print shop where you do beautiful right? portraits of Thanks. black women. Yeah. Yeah. I'm decorating my apartment, so <laughs> okay. You know, don't be surprised when you get your my order, girl. Um, this weekend actually coming up, it's the next tattoo show, annual Toronto yes. tattoo show held at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. It is. Are you going? I am not. Is it a space where you feel comfortable. It is not a space where I feel comfortable. Mm. I conventions are often they definitely prioritize whiteness. It's mm. just, and there's no other way to say it. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of white tattooers. Um, I know that they're like heavy and like a lot of Asian communities like to be in them too. But I do often find um, a lot of like Japanese, Chinese, Korean artists do still focus on their complexions or white skin. Um, and sometimes it may be because black people aren't in their spaces enough to give them opportunities to practice. I don't mm -hmm. know or it's, it is like a, a racialized decision. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the conventions, I, I'm a little weary of. It, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to uh, my coworkers about receiving all the invitations for them. I get a mm -hmm. lot of invitations and I, I, I don't sign up for them. I thought like, it looks like a newsletter mm -hmm. and then like they're signing me up for them. So I still get them in my inbox, but I just, uh, I haven't taken any on yet. Mm -hmm. um, it's a new um, form of tattooing space I haven't explored. And it's one of those where I may not be in control of that space to set up how I want the energy to feel when I'm tattooing. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be something I would like have to go visit one first to see right. if I like it and how mm -hmm. that is. I just, you hear of people going I see videos online of what it's like it's like you yeah. get a booth 
hundreds of people are walking around it's like an expo yeah uh you know you can buy tons of art you can buy taxidermy you can buy tattoo equipment you can find out like you know new tattoo companies that are going in to show you different um, ppe or needles so i know it's a great place to network mm -hmm. it's just trying to help break that barrier to allow black people into it mm. Uh, and I still think we're not at the forefront of the tattoo industry. I think a lot of us are still trying to bring, you know, blackness into these spaces. Mm -hmm. And which know, is crazy if you yeah. think about where tatting originated from, right? And the course. cultures that, it, that yes. it came from. But I know this is the like topic I always have. I remember the ROM doing a tattoo exhibition mm -hmm. and it it felt so um, performative mm. where they had each distinct country, like they had the Philippines and then they had Russian gulag tattoos. Um, and then they had like Ed Hardy in the middle, which made no sense to me. So it really wasn't curated well. Mm. And the primary focus was contemporary art on white skin in this expo. And mm. it felt like all the indigenous Aboriginal like um, history of of tattooing in this like exhibition were kind of on the sidelines mm. and I don't know didn't seem as important and they definitely focus a lot on like prison tattoos from like Russia or how tattoo machines were made in westernized culture mm. and I was like this is I, it was a horrible exhibition I was really I was still tattooing at that time and um, had no appreciation for it mm. uh, a lot of uh, documentaries do the same as well uh, Netflix had one recently, which I think they brought in, you know, Black and POCs to talk about their tattoo experiences, which were great. But it's always like they go from like sailor tattoos and to modern age tattooing. And we kind of disconnect from where that influence comes from, mm -hmm. or that cultural appropriation comes from, or they don't even use the terms cultural appropriation. Mm. So yeah, I really, I wish we could get back to that. Yeah. Well, who knows what's in store for you? Uh, yeah, writing, curating, exhibit? possibly mm -hmm. writing a book, maybe. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I would yeah. love to see it. I'll leave it at this. Yeah. For those who want to chat, yeah. like myself, but have yeah. trouble with releasing control, like myself, <laughs> what advice do you have to give? You know, of just taking that jump into, I guess, it's becoming more free with your body. Yes, I would say research and kind of tap into yourself and have a conversation with yourself if body modification is truly for you. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it, it isn't for everybody and that is completely okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, narrow down to a few artists that you really love. It doesn't even have to be me necessarily. Yeah. And reach out via email see if you like their process and tattooing mine can seem very um disconnected now but it's only because of the volume of people i get mm -hmm. that it has to be like form based my consults like you still pay prior to getting a consult i know some people like consultations and that mm -hmm. just means i'm not your tattooer and that is completely okay right uh, yeah research see how um if you like their people's portfolios too um if you are black if you are a person of color if that portfolio is like 
one or two percent five percent only people of color do not go to them because <laughs> if it looks primarily white that's yes. like what they're experiencing mm-hmm. uh and you can also ask like hey like I love your art but I don't see a lot of people of color and navigate through their response because I know there are a lot of tattooers who want to tattoo black skin or people of color but because of how they have started and like prior to like the passing of George Floyd there was like not as much like performative Mm. portfolios coming out Mm -hmm. Uh, just kind of you know, check that, go back and look and scroll back and see what people have been doing with their portfolios. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think prior to like the Black Life movement, a lot of people like were, you know, making their their pictures black and white aesthetically. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I think that dis- like you lose a disconnect from it being on a human being. Right. Who the person is and who they may look like. So I don't allow desaturation in my shop or on my page. Mm-hmm. And yeah see if like the style might work for your skin as well Mm. I love high contrast on dark skin Mm -hmm. so I use a lot of like dark black and then I use like um an actual dark gray rather than a gray wash I think tattooers will know what I'm talking about a little more (laughs) uh on darker skin I feel like it pops better Uh, I always encourage people with like black and um, brown skin to go a little bigger on your tattoo if possible because it's going to heal much better with you in terms of longevity. Uh, mm-hmm. Smaller tattoos can bleed and just look like, like really like dark as you get older. Right. So things like that. See if like your tattooer is able to do that, have a conversation with you about it. Uh, I also encourage like tattooers, if you don't know how to work on black or brown skin, like post it online. Be like, I, I'll do them for free or I'll give you a crazy discount so I can practice and learn. I think just having that willingness to try is Mm -hmm. what we're looking for. I just don't think black tattooers should be the ones telling you to do this. Like Mm. you should, you should just be doing this already. Uh, Yeah, definitely portfolio uh, research, you know, feel comfortable with yourself knowing like what you're going to do is going to be permanently on you. Uh, If you don't like it, you can get removal, but it hurts a lot more. (laughs) Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I see it's like burning your skin off. So I haven't done it. And I was like, oh, if it's worse than tattooing like my spine or my kneecap, I'm not going to do it. I'd rather leave the bad tattoo on me. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, you're amazing. Oh, I'm so happy to see how much success you're getting and you're gaining. Continue to grow. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see what you do next because you're changing the game you're changing what it means to be a tattooist in the city Mm. and a tattoo can have so much meaning it can also just be a fun thing but I think being able to say yes I can tat on dark skin is something that more tattooists need to be able to say and so you're killing the game you're changing the game thank you for joining the show (laughs) yeah this is fun you can find Brittany on Instagram at HumbleBeeTattoo. You can find her website, HumbleBeeTattoo.ca. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Future People Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Imani Walker, Imani 2 A's. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week when we have a brand new episode coming your way. Take care. <laughs>